Hello, internet. Welcome to the It Is What It Is podcast, powered by the Riot Report. My name is Josh Klein. I am the managing editor of said Riot Report. Uh, connected to me via the vast tubes of the internet is Zach Luttrell. He's the ringleader of the Roaring Riot. Zach, say hi. What's up, everybody? Hey, Josh. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. I know. Luckily, we're Skyping, and neither one of us is wearing a shirt, so it's going to be fantastic. That makes up today. for makes up for everything. Yes, we're wearing two pairs of pants each, though, so don't get it twisted. Yeah. Uh, this is the "It Is What It Is" podcast. Uh, we try to take ourselves one step back from everything that's happening in the Panthers world, if if you will, in Panthers Nation. And yeah. or if and, you won't, all right, that's fair. If you won't, then you won't. But if you will, then you will. And just take a step back, kind of take the emotions out of it and just talk about uh, how the moves and how the things on the field and how the things off the field affect the Carolina Panthers. And uh, the reality there- is, is that all, this stuff is happening. It is what it is and it is not what it is not boom right, that's it so is there anything happening i feel like it's been a pretty quiet uh you know usually after a panthers win there's not a whole lot to talk about no pretty quiet pretty quiet uh we're we're basically going to spend the next 45 minutes uh discussing the nuances of the inside zone rush attack that has been uh <laughs> so that has been so ineffective thus far this season no um we are going to get to the big, big news, which is, of course, uh, Kalen Clay returning to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, but before we get to there, maybe let's just kind of touch on Tampa Bay because it was a fun weekend, right, Zach? And and you can't ignore fun to talk about things that are not fun. Yeah. Tampa's always a blast. It's definitely one of my favorite trips. Um, you know, We always stay out at Shepherd's Resort, which I think anybody who's been there with us can attest to this. It's like an adult playground. It's tiki bars, pool, ocean, music, sports, beers, and it's we do it three days in a row. I mean, it's, it's tons of fun. We tailgate on the beach at Whiskey River, excuse me, Whiskey Joe's. And, uh, you know, everybody always texts me and says, what, what parking lot are you guys going to be in here in Tampa? And, you know, my whole thing is why would I stand in a parking lot and look at Raymond James Stadium when I can stand on the beach and look at the ocean? And that's what we do. And it's a blast. But we have, we have our own section at Tampa. Um, we have the, the first right of refusal for um, the tickets, every single one of them. And uh, it's just a blast having everybody together. Uh, luckily, we didn't have to hear the battleship go off, their cannons go off, hardly at all this uh, this game. So that was fun. And they're then, right behind you, right? They're, the, they're right the beside us. Yeah, they, they, the cannon basically is shooting at us. So uh, anytime they score, it's right in our ears. But, you know, with three points scored, we I don't even remember hearing it, to be honest with you, except for the uh, pregame intros. And then uh, – it was very cool. Cam obviously saw us. He uh, After the first touchdown, he came over and got our crowd hype. And then I posted a video on Twitter, on the Roaring Riot Twitter uh, this morning, was an Instagram video from the Panthers account where uh, after the second TD, Cam was running through the end zone. And we actually saw this happen from the section, so it was cool to see the video from the field perspective. But Cam's running through the end zone, curling back around to the Panthers bench, stops, turns around, looks at our section, and gives us this big head nod and kind of like a, you know, what's up, fam type of look. So 
Uh, it was cool to see the video of that, and man, it was a blast. It was good to get a win. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a beautiful win. The offense still uh, struggled a little bit. I felt like we could have put a lot more points up on the, the Tampa Bay defense than they did, but um, a win is a win in the NFL. That is true. They all count, uh, and the team is 5-3. and three. And, uh, yeah, you're right. The offense did not look great, but the reality is, is that I've been kind of tooting this horn for a little while, but – this Sunday, you saw uh, Luke Keekley and Kirk Coleman come back, right, for the defense. Right. And the defense obviously had been playing well. But when you get two leaders back, you know, two of your top four players on one side of the ball, uh, the defense is going to jump to that next level. And the offense is still missing two out of their top four guys, probably. Maybe they, even their top three guys, depending on how, how highly – uh, you value Andrew Norwell or, or Trey Turner um, in uh, Ryan Khalil and Greg Olson still out have not played in a game together since week one and uh, you know that that makes a big difference there's a reason why this offense has not been clicking and uh, I think it has a lot to do with Khalil and Greg Olson and if you want to talk a little bit more about what make the offense click did you hear that segue? That's what they call a professional segue into the big news of the week. Obviously, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, the number one wide receiver, traded from the Carolina Panthers to the Carolina Panthers North in Buffalo for a third round and a seventh round pick. Zach, tell, take me through your emotions when it <laughs> first happened. Wow. Because um, I have some texts that I could send out. Yeah, sure. uh, should we should we put those on social media or maybe uh, not? Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, I mean, I responded like I would say most of our fans did. Um, yeah, I was confused. I was upset. Uh, I've always been a big Kelvin fan. Um, you know, even last year when when people were hating on him for you know a couple of the plays where it looked like he may have given up on and, and some of the struggles he was having. You know, I, I still believed in Kelvin and always been a fan of his. So yeah, my, my first reaction and response was I was upset and I was confused and I couldn't, I had a hard time understanding how a team that's five and three, half a game out of first place in the NFC South was improving by getting rid of, you know, their quote unquote, number one receiver. Um, You know, I've had some time. It's been, um, you know, a full night, obviously, just to sleep on it and to kind of digest the information. So I've, I've calmed down quite a bit, and, uh, you know, here we are ready to discuss it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where everybody doesn't want they, – they want the Panthers to make a trade at the trade deadline, but then when they do make a trade, it's not it's, – they don't actually want it. You know, it's, it's not – well, I don't I'm think anybody sure. is going to say they're signing up to have their number one receiver traded away for future draft picks. I, can't, I don't think anybody was raising their hand for that. Well, I, I guess that might be true, but when you step back and look at it, like you say number one wide receiver, but when Kelvin Benjamin is the number one wide receiver, first of all, I think Greg Olson is the number one wide receiver, even though he plays tight end. Greg, and I think Greg Olson's that, not on the field right now. That's true. And if the trade deadline was in two weeks and they traded Kelvin Benjamin and then Greg Olson was coming back on Sunday, would you feel better? Uh, Last night, no. Oh, okay. That's fair. Uh, I just feel like the the Panthers, they knew that that Greg Olson was coming back. 
and they also knew that they were not planning to re-sign Kelvin Benjamin, and so they wanted to go out and, and get something for him. And I think that a third-round pick essentially is market value for, you know, the maybe the 30th best wide receiver in the league. Yeah. Is he the 30th best wide receiver in the league? I don't know. I'm, I, I haven't done the math in my head, but we were talking about this uh, off the air about how if Kelvin Benjamin is the number one wide receiver, where does he rank in the list of 32 teams as the number one wide receiver? You know, like which number one wide receiver is he? Where does he rank? 20? 18? 22? Yeah, so, okay. Somewhere in there? Get, I can get on board with that logic. You know, let's let's say if let's say he's right around twenty, and again we would have to go through each team and, and look at their wide receiving core to, to actually come up with an exact analysis of this. But I'll give you the argument that he's probably in the lower third. So twenty is a comfortable spot for him. Well, now I would like to talk and explain to Panther fans who are upset about Kelvin Benjamin being traded. If you do get rid of your number one wide receiver, who's arguably the 20th best number one wide receiver in the league, where does that leave the Panthers with now Devin Funches as their number one wide receiver and a receiving core that was pretty thin to begin with? Um, you know, we're one injury to Devin Funches away from being a disaster. Is that fair to say or no? Yeah, no, I, I think it is fair to say. It puts a lot of it's. What it does now is it puts a ton of pressure on a Devin Funches' shoulders, um, which is, I, I would assume, is a calculated risk. You know, Herney has been talking about, and Rivera, and, and pretty much everybody, that once you think about this trade is that Funches and Benjamin basically are the same player, right? I mean, they, they are, they're both big. They're both uh, average route runners, slow-ish. But if you really look at it, is Funches faster than Benjamin? Probably. Does he have – he has more receptions, more touchdowns. You know, like he is – they are similar players. They both play that X receiver spot. And I think that when you're looking at Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin on the field, that's why you had all those deep shots going to Devin Funches because you have your top two wide receivers are out there and Funches is the, the better – deep option than Benjamin. So now that you take him off the field, you have some more deeper routes in the route tree run by Curtis Samuel, run by Russell Shepard, run by Christian McCaffrey, run by Kalen Clay. Maybe it opens up that box a little bit. Maybe it opens up the, uh, the deeper passing game. Now, that being said, sorry, last part of my paragraph. That being said, could they have done all that with Kelvin Benjamin still on the team? Probably. See, that's where I, after calming down a little bit last night, and that's where I do disagree. So I can buy into the logic of how this could potentially impact positively the running game um, and about getting some speed guys on the field, even though I don't necessarily think any of those guys are your answer, uh, at least not this year with, with Samuel or probably ever with Shepard, you know, I I see the benefits of getting them on the field and how that can impact the passing and the rushing game. And quite frankly, something had to happen. I'm tired of watching this offense struggle every single week, not being able to run the ball, the passing game being meh, 
You know, I mean, even the the the, the touchdown to uh, Kelvin Benjamin against the Bucks. I mean, it was still more of a jump ball, and those and that showed the strengths that KB had. But come on, I mean, <laughs> was the that a good touchdown, been, or was that a terrible play by the safety? Uh, it was a little bit of both. I mean, I think it was more on the defense and more just highlighting KB's ability to to get up high and. and catch the ball on, on that kind of route. But, no, the passing game has been anything but you know, fun to watch and, and desirable from, by any means. But I guess, uh, you know, it's just it's, – it's still, it's still interesting uh, that, uh, that, you know, going back to my original point, that we now have to see how this is positive, how we're going to positively impact the 5-3 and three team where you look at teams like the, the Eagles and the – the Seahawks who are contenders and, and they're making some moves that are improving their squad. So I, I have a, I have a question for you and I, and I, this may be getting, this may get proved wrong like immediately, but I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, has this offense ever looked good with Calvin Benjamin on the field? Uh, I mean, I'm no, <laughs> I like, that that's everybody wants to compare that that I feel like has been the biggest downfall of this season is that every every time that we look at an offensive performance from the game it's being compared to this 2015 team that would run up 40 points in the first quarter and and just coast to a victory and go 15 and one uh, but that's not the way that this team operates this team is much more defensively oriented and their offense has just not been plain not good. You know, it's been a clogged toilet worth of offense, you know? Yeah. So, and I, and I lost my train of thought for a, bit, uh, a minute ago, but going back to what we were talking about, you, you mentioned being able to do this with Kelvin Benjamin still on the team, and that's what I disagree. You're, you're not going to be able to sit Kelvin. You're not going to be able to sit Devin and still trade them later. I mean, if you take your, your, you know, your past number one, um, first round pick, number one wide receiver, and put him on the bench because you want to add some speed to the to the lineup. You can't do that with him still on the team and still get a third and a seventh for him. Everybody's gonna, you know, you're showing your cards to the other teams that he's no longer part of your game plan. Um, so, if they were going to move away from Kelvin or one of the two wide receivers, you know, if you're picking between Kelvin and, and Devin, um, you know, I think Kelvin is the right choice there. Even though I prefer him over Funchess at this moment. Um, to, to be able to move on from them and to go in this direction to change up your offense, you had to, you had to make a move on one of them. Yeah. Uh, that, that's how I, I, I disagree. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think we're just, you know, we're just spitballing. And one of the things that we like to do is we like to talk about, you know, how, uh, how things can be perceived. And then maybe that's not that it's the wrong perception, but just kind of try to give, uh, give the fans and, and Panthers nation just a different way to think about uh, things that are happening on the field and off the field. So, you know, just a different view on the Kelvin Benjamin trade. And yeah, it also, you know, Devin Funches is younger, he's cheaper. So if they're the same player, and I'm not saying they're the same exact player, but they're very similar. If they're the same player, a younger, cheaper version that doesn't cost you $9 million when you need to go out and re-sign Andrew Norwell and Starla Tulele next year, that that sounds like another reason why the Panthers decided to go this way. But don't I need a, don't I need another receiver now next year from the Panthers? Uh, I mean, 
Uh, if you need another receiver next year, you probably need another receiver right now, right? I mean, it's yeah, but the I'm not, same. I'm not getting one after the trade deadline now. I'm not. I mean, next year I have the draft and I have I have potential trades or free agents as well. Yeah. Is there a University of North Carolina wide receiver that we could draft? Because that's really the only college football that I follow. So uh, yeah. I couldn't. We'll take, we'll take Prawl, round three. Yeah. Love it. I <laughs> love it. Round three, we have, a free, um, we have an extra third round pick from what I understand. Yeah, let's use it. Or package that third and seventh. We can go for the second and make sure we get, uh, get Prawl there, right? Love it. So, one concern that I think is valid, and, and the reason why I say it's valid is because you saw a lot of the reactions from Panther players on Twitter yesterday after they found out about the trade. How does this impact the locker room? And, you know, you even see uh, uh, Instagram posts by Cam, a uh, picture of Joe Webb and KB, who are arguably his two best friends on the team, now now gone. So what does this do to Cam 1, and what does this do to the Panthers' locker room overall? I think you're going to be – it's going to be a very interesting – week to see what the the makeup of this team is whether they are a team that is going to be you know i don't i hesitate to use the word professional but is going to take this trade compartmentalize it and move forward and and go out on the field and try to win a football game or whether they're going to be you know they're, whether they're going to embrace the fact that the NFL is a business, and I put I put that around quotes because you know everybody always says it, but then when stuff like this happens, it's not necessarily something that they want to believe. But everybody always says that phrase: NFL is a business. Oh, it's a businessman. Whatever happens, whatever happens. And then when something like this happens, how does the team respond? Right. I, I think that Cam's going to be upset. I I, I mean. You'd be, you'd be crazy not to, you know, we work together almost every day. And if you just got shipped off to Buffalo, if you were going to be the, the, uh, the leader of the Buffalo mafia of the bills mafia tomorrow, I would be sad about it. Right. But I think in that scenario, it would probably be you. I think I'd be more of the cam and you'd be more of the KB. I don't know how you feel about that. Oh, can I be, um, <laughs> Although oh, leading yeah. the leading the Bills Mafia, they sure do show up. That might uh, that would make my job a little bit easier. Right? Oh, shots fired! Shots are being fired. Uh, yeah, no, I I think that it's one of those. You know, they have a right to be sad, and they have a right to be upset, and they have a right to be, you know, uh, to not feel great about this. I mean, sometimes yeah. we can get caught up in this like idea of like these guys are football players. They're fantasy football players, their numbers on a page, their, they are, you know, their quotes in a, in a newspaper, they are videos for me to watch on Twitter, but these are actual people with lives and friends and, you know, just the way that we see them interact in the locker room and on the field is not all of their interaction. So to think that if somebody, if somebody's best friend just all of a sudden gets transferred out, that's going to affect someone. Yeah. And will it affect their sure. work performance? Probably. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, you know, one thing I thought was interesting, too, is last year I almost felt like I was a, a KB apologist. I felt like I was defending him and, and defending him against a lot of fans who were really down on his performance. But 
<laughs> after this went down yesterday, I think all those people were completely, they, they completely disappeared and everybody was just you know, wanted to be upset at the organization, upset at Herney. And I just had a hard time figuring this out, even those that were complaining about, about KB's performance. I think that you, if, if he had been traded before the season, I think you would be, it would be a whole different story. I also think that, truth be told, cards on the table, if Dave Gettleman makes this move, everybody thinks it's a genius move. Yeah. I mean, I think the timing, though, no, no matter what, the timing just feels weird, man. No, it definitely does. I mean, it's five and three. And it's, you know, it's, it's tough. Ooh, Ian Rappaport just reported that uh, Dave Gettleman apparently wanted to extend Kelvin Benjamin and others in the organization did not. Yeah. Ugh. Well, so. I, you know, I remember when, when Bill tweeted out, Bill Voth tweeted out around the time that they needed to pick up Kelvin's uh, you know, fifth year extension, Everybody just sounded like it was a no-brainer, and Bill was the one saying, "Hey, this really isn't a no-brainer." I know he caught a lot of flag for that, but you know, here we are, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Turns out Bill can be pretty smart sometimes, although is a Cleveland fan. So yeah, let's not let's not get carried away there. Okay. Did you hear the, um, the Cleveland Brown story? Sorry, did you hear the Cleveland Brown story that they? Yes. I did, but tell it because it's worth giving some time to. It's hilarious. That, that they uh, completed a trade deadline deal to send a second and third round pick to the Cincinnati Bengals for A.J. McCarron, which is a hilarious deal just in and of itself. And then they were so busy celebrating the deal that they failed to confirm it with the league office, and so it never actually went through. Like, that is <laughs> the brownsiest of all Browns moves uh, I just, I loved it. Uh, everything about it is fantastic. The fact that they were celebrating, getting it. Oh, we got him. We got our guy, AJ. AJ. <laughs> there's, there's so many factory of sadness moves in that whole thing that it's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, giving up a second, was it, was it a second and a third? Is that what you said? Yep. Second and a third. For AJ McCarron and then not getting it in in time, like, <laughs> Hey, they could have gotten fans. a number one wide receiver for a third and a seventh. I don't know if they knew. <laughs> the 20th best wide, uh, number one wide receiver in the league, too. 20, baby. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so Before we launch this, we did notice that the Bills are playing the Jets tomorrow night. Does, does KB get in the game? Uh, I think so. I think he's going to be in uniform for yeah. sure. And I think that at the very least, he is going to be, they're going to roll him out there if they get inside the 10, right? I mean, why wouldn't they? Yeah. It feels like he'll be in there situationally. Obviously, two days he can't learn the playbook. But, I mean, if there's a situation where, uh, you know, there needs to be a pass to the, the fade to the end zone or some type of Hail Mary situation, then, I mean, he's probably going to go in. I think you can get him in there and he can run slants too. You know, like, I, I think that they're – what I'm most excited about is the prospect of Panthers internet exploding if he does catch a touchdown. I almost want that to happen. Emma, is, that that be is that wrong? Uh, this would rival the Bucker stuff, would it not? Well, every time that Bucker does it, it makes an extra point, and it's like, bah, should have kept him. <laughs> every time he does those, anything. Those are my favorite. <laughs> Although he did just get so, the special team player of the week. The AFC. Hey, so. Well, 
maybe the the fans were right on that one then, right? Yeah, not like Graham Gano was named NFC Special Teams Player of the Week three weeks ago, but no big deal. Whatever. Not the same. Hey, so let me ask you this. Who lines up at wide receiver two for the Panthers uh, on Sunday? Um, Russell Shepard. Right. I so mean, how does how does how does this impact? I mean, who, who's getting the snaps now that KB was getting? Is it split evenly between between Shepard and and Samuel? I mean, is Samuel now going to see an increased workload? Because I think you're going to see. Yes, I think you're going to see. Uh, Samuel is going to take Shepard snaps, which uh, Shepard is on the field for probably between forty-five and fifty-five percent of the snaps. You know, I'm sure depending on game plan. And then Samuel was on the field for about 20% of the snaps, and I think those are going to go to Kalen Clay. And so that's how it's going to break down. And then Shepard is just going to be on the field for 70% of the snaps. Yeah. So one benefit of having Kelvin Benjamin on the field is he was always drawing the uh, the opposing team's top cornerback, right? So now that's Devin Funches' job. So who's is that true font for the Falcons? And uh, how's he going to fare going up against the other team's number one cornerback. I don't know. I, I feel like the Panthers, unless it was like something where they always like a Darrell Revis, where they always just sicked a guy on him and had him follow around. I, I feel like did Richard Sherman follow around Kelvin Benjamin when we played the Seahawks or was it just kind of like when he was on that side, he was on that side. I mean, I don't know that answer. I've just always assumed that, uh, that I don't think so. I don't Kel- think they necessarily follow. They would follow Kelvin around. I, I think that they would just go side by side. And I think that's that's definitely what they're going to do now. You know, I don't think that I don't think that they're number one. That the Panthers even have a number one wide receiver at this point. Uh, again, I do right. think it's Greg Olson, and I think it's almost Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of Panther fans were saying yesterday that this, you know could this mean an opportunity for Christian to really play more slot receiver and and put you know Cap and Stu really as the primary backs. Um, yeah, maybe I, I, I'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but I don't think that the thought that I, I don't think you're going to see Chris McCaffrey just lining up out wide. I think he's still going to be doing the same thing he's been doing, which is starting in the backfield, motioning into the motioning out of the slot, motioning out wide. Uh, I, I think that you're going to see him kind of all over the field. Yeah. Well, for me, now that I've calmed down, now that I've, I've stopped being an angry fan, um, I felt like a change had to happen. This wasn't the one that I was expecting, but again, I couldn't watch that offense anymore. So if this is the change that the Panthers felt like they needed to make in order to get some spacing, uh, get some speed, get some more creativity into their offense, you know, I'm willing to give it a week or two uh, before I'm back to freaking out again. So, you know, as a KB fan, I'm going to miss them. And I think, and I was trying to really trying to figure out my feelings on this last night and this morning. And I think what I came down to was ultimately For me as a fan, seeing the flashes that KB had when he could potentially dominate out there, but just being so inconsistent with it, I think that's why I was the most upset and the most disappointed. It was not necessarily that, you know, we made the Panthers made this trade to get rid of him. It was more that we had this future or this 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 past first round round one wide receiver who just showed me how good he potentially could be, but ultimately was never consistent enough to do it all the time. And that's just disappointing. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I mean, it was a first round pick. So you, you can't argue with that. Yeah. Uh, what if, what if Cam goes out on 
Sunday and has like 54% completion percentage, 240 yards, and one touchdown and a couple of interceptions. Is that do you feel like the offense is worse? Do you feel uh, do you feel like that's going to be on Kelvin Benjamin? Like, oh, Kelvin wasn't out there, so that's why Cam had a poor day. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a tough hypothetical to answer. I mean, one, do we do the Panthers win the game, and uh, or is that in a losing effort? Are they running the ball successfully? You know, because if those are his passing stats, but yet we, uh, you know, we, we the Panthers put uh, 175 yards on the ground game with two TDs to Jonathan Stewart, then that that changes my perspective on it. Uh, they lose by five, and Jonathan Stewart averages <laughs> one yard per carry. <laughs> well, then it's tough to. It's going to be tough not to put that on uh, KB's absence. I think. Boom! I tricked you. Those are the stats from their loss to Philadelphia. When Kelvin Benjamin was on the field. They were all twigs. They were all twigs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I just, yeah. Who knows? It'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And interesting to see how the locker room reacts today. So, so the good news, though, is that doesn't stop me from being a fan. That doesn't stop me from being excited for our homecoming weekend coming up and the Falcons coming to town and the opportunity to poke some fun at our NFC rivals um you know those of you who were cheering for the patriots in the super bowl probably tired of seeing the falcons blew a 25 point lead in the super bowl i was excuse me those cheering for the falcons but those cheering for the patriots like myself were are are very excited to rub this in their face this weekend yeah as petty as it may be it's still a lot of fun and and this is the first time we've seen them since then so we're excited to remind them of their their Super Bowl blunder. Tell me a little bit about what's going to be happening here at the um, uh, at homecoming weekend. What does that mean exactly, homecoming? Yeah, so this is the first year that we've put together what we're calling homecoming weekend. And really the idea behind it is to encourage all Panther fans, all Roaring Riot members who may only or, you know, be able to come to Charlotte once a year for a game uh, to, to come back for this homecoming game. And... Ideally, we will pick a, a, a team that has a fan base that travels really well. Um, truthfully, this year we targeted Green Bay, uh, Buffalo, and the Eagles, but none of those games worked out. Two of them are primetime games. One of them was the season opener, so it just didn't make a lot of sense. So the, the, the fourth game, naturally, was the Falcons game, and um, you know, them being a, a rival of ours, it was a good opportunity to, to do it for that. So homecoming is... Come back for the whole weekend. We're putting together a series of events, kind of like we would do for an away game trip. So Saturday, if you head out to Noda Brewing in between uh, 12 and 3, grab a Roaring Riot Pale Ale or any of their delicious beers while you're there. Show your Roaring Riot membership card. They put together some tall boy koozies um, that are fantastic. They've got... Do you, hashtag do you ride on the bottom of them, the Roaring Riot logo, uh, one of Noda's logos. So all of our members that go out there and check them out, show their card, get a koozie that day. Um, Saturday night, we've partnered with WFNZ and their Coca-Cola Doghouse to throw a homecoming party. And this is going to be an annual event that we're going to do every single year. 
That's what annual means. And uh, <laughs> this being the inaugural one. <laughs> but for me, it's you know just a cool opportunity to get everybody together. I mean, that's what we do on our away games. We have a big night before party where everybody comes together either at our hotel or a venue close to it and just get together and, and talk about the Panthers, meet some new friends, hang out with existing friends, do, you know, do a few chants here and there. And the doghouse is really a cool venue to do because it's it's you know kind of an iconic tailgating spot for the Panthers. It's right next to the stadium. Um, and just a chance to get out there and have some fun and, and get ready for the Falcons game the, the next day. So how do I, is it like a party? Like, do I have to buy tickets? How does it work? Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah. So if you want to come to the Saturday night event at the Doghouse, you are going to need a ticket. Uh, we have two ticket options. Uh, one for $28.03, you get the full experience, which is entry into the party, you get the official homecoming 28-3 to t-shirts that we've created as well as the, the Super Bowl 51 rally towels, which just came in yesterday. And I have to say they're fantastic. I mean, the quality is amazing. And I can't wait to see everybody holding them up at the games. And uh, we also have an option if you want to come to the party and just get the towel. Maybe you're not interested in the shirt. Uh, you can buy a ticket to that. Still come hang out. We're going to be doing a lot of cool giveaways. If you come to the Saturday night party, you will get a free entry into the raffle that we're doing for the autographed Cam Newton Panthers helmet, which is amazingly gorgeous. I don't get into a is lot of. Is it a big helmet sign, or a mini helmet? Really a, a mini helmet no, it's a it's a full size helmet. It's it's badass. It's amazing. So show up Saturday. You're automatically entered in that. If you can't make it Saturday, you can go to the Roaring Riot app, and for five dollars, you can buy your entry into the raffle. So you're going to want to check that out. Uh, still doing our full-blown tailgate on Sunday. You know, it should be a, a lot of fun. We're, we're doing uh, some special food on Sunday rather than just, just grilling some burgers and dogs. We're, uh, we've got Hunter Smith, who's one of our loyal members and, and good friends. Uh, good friend, he's bringing out his award-winning barbecue. And if you haven't had that, you're in for a treat. It's literally the best I've ever had, res any restaurant, anywhere. It's, he does a fantastic job. So he's going to be uh, bringing out a ton of that for us on Sunday as well. Yeah, no, it's, it sounds like it's going to be an awesome weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, just seeing what the team looks like, you know, on the field, uh, it, it's kind of a different team, you know? Yeah, and it's the Falcons. I mean, we're a younger franchise, and we're still building up that, that rivalry, those sports rivalries that I think are healthy and fun. Um, and the Falcons are definitely the closest thing we have to that. So we want to keep making that stronger, and, and that's why – you know, we're still picking a, a little fun at them for, for the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, let's just have some fun with them. Let's get, let's, let's get that W, man. Six and three sounds really good, it really especially does. after beating the Falcons. It really does. I mean, you can if, – if the Panthers win this game, we can kind of be stomping on the Falcons' playoff chances a little bit. So make well, a big difference. That for sure. That absolutely is correct. But then if, if they can get this W, the next two games versus, you know, at home versus the uh, Dolphins and then the bye, then at the Jets. I mean, those are two very winnable games. So to, to go to six and three with the opportunity to play those two teams to get to eight and three, I would, it feels very comfortable. So this is really a big game, man. And they need to come out and do it. And we need to, uh, we need to protect our city and Bank of America Stadium and Let's have some fun and be loud over the weekend. Absolutely. Look, Couldn't agree more. Look, we, we're friends with the, uh, the Eagles group who, who sends all, you know, plans all the trips and does all the away game packages for the Eagles. They're taking 20,000 20, Eagles fans to Dallas for the game. So 
we need to start start moving in the direction. Obviously, we've got a long way to go. We're a lot younger. Our history, our fan base is smaller. Our history isn't like the Eagles. But you know, let's 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 make it a cool weekend, a cool homecoming weekend, and come together as Panther fans and, and have a good time here in our city. Absolutely, uh, uh, man. Cam Newton put this thing on Instagram that is inscrutable. I just cannot read What's what that? it says. K Kiryu. Oh man, sorry. Uh, I apologize. I, sometimes I try to pull up a little bit something to reference here at the end of the show, but I wanted to read that in Cam's inscrutable uh, emoticon language, but it just did not work out because I am old. And I cannot read that kind of stuff, and I apologize. Uh, anything you, else we want to talk about? Are you Zach? referring to the picture? Are you referring to the picture with him and KB that he put up last night? Yeah, but it doesn't say the. Uh, it doesn't. It's not the like the. I miss my boys. This is something you won't understand. It's something else. Maybe I put it in Spanish. In French, maybe. Uh, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll. I'm gonna put this on social media right now. And, uh, yeah, you need to sort we'll, yourself out. We'll see what people say. Uh, anyway, anyway, Sunday, Saturday night, homecoming, Sunday, Falcons game. I personally cannot wait for this weekend. I'm really excited for it. Anything else? And we'll want to be talk putting about? all the uh, we'll be putting the links to the ticket packages on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter uh, the next couple of days. So if you're interested in coming to hang out with us, do it. Yes. Don't have. Do oh. I'll be there on Saturday night, maybe. Right. Am I invited? Uh, just buy your ticket, man. Oh, that, that's fair. How much are they? Twenty-eight oh three. Way to throw shade at them right there in the price. Thank you guys for listening. Rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, share it. Let your friends know uh, if you want to talk. Subscribe. About Panthers. Subscribe. Hit us up on Twitter. And uh, that's pretty much it. Here comes the music. We'll see you next week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>